Alright, what's going on guys? 2019. Holy smokes. Good morning or whatever time you're listening to this. Welcome to Jack of All podcast uh, that I started just so that we could look at a whole bunch of different things, pull truth from them, get in the mindset of always looking for teaching moments or learning moments. And uh, we made it, man. We made it through 2018. A lot of people I know were like, dude, this year has gotten the better of me. So I'm glad that we've we've broken into the new um we tried to go to the gym this morning, by the way, with our three kiddos, and the gym was closed on January 1st. What is, is that, that's like closing Walmart on Black Friday. Why would you close your gym on January 1st? Don't they do like 90% of their business that day? <laughs> the two... The two entities that are jazzed for January 1st are gyms and the guys who sell the read through the Bible in a year plan. Those guys do 99% of their business on January 1st. I don't think that I'd close my business on that, but whatever, man. Whatever. That's McGuire's McGuire's bar closing on St. Patty's Day. Um... All right, so if you've ever been to Zion National Park, it's in Utah. <coughs> oh, excuse me. <coughs> That's gross. Still getting over the sickness. Goodness gracious, man. This stuff stays in me. I wonder if it's because I'm 6'8". There's just more sickness when you're huge. Um, okay, Zion National Park. It's beautiful. There is just... Uh, hiking and hiking doesn't even do it justice. There's this one trail called Angel's Landing. Oh my gosh. Go YouTube pictures or a short video of Angel's Landing and you'll see what it is. It looks so intense. Actually, probably the coolest thing I've ever done as a dad was when Gage was five months old. I put him in this pack on the back of my back on the back of my back. Don't tell anyone about that. And trudged up this trail. There's some parts where you're like holding on to chains on the side of a cliff. Like it was a gnarly thing. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, he could have. What if he fell? I was like, if he fell, I fall. And if I fall, he doesn't want a life without me anyway, right? He would have said, just take me with you. So we get to the top of this, and somebody up there was like, I'll bet he's the youngest person to ever make this climb. And I thought about it, and I was like, that might be true, because you have to have neck strength to be in a pack for that. And my kid was just a WWE wrestler in third trimester. Like, he was just huge. And so, yeah, I probably have a Guinness World Record out there I don't even know about. Anyway, that's not the point of the bringing it up in Zion there's this a whole bunch of mountains and you can do rock scrambling or climbing and we were at this uh this one trip it's a long backstory won't go into it but a buddy of mine uh saw this big cliff is too intense but pretty much a cliff 
And we passed it on this drive and we both kind of looked at each other and we're like, dude, let's tackle that thing. So we go back, drop all of our people off at the house. We don't tell them where we're going. We just think it's going to be this cool little short adventure. So we drive to the cliff and we park. Nobody knows we're there. We don't take cell phones. We don't take water because it's just going to be a quick little probably hour deal. And uh, we start climbing up this cliff. Uh, what we don't realize, because you just it's hard to have perspective at the bottom, is it was a thousand foot cliff. And I'm not saying it was like the just a flat face of a rock, but it was gnarly. As in, there were some parts where about 100 feet up, which is high, um, the highest platform of an Olympic diving competition is 30 feet, to give you perspective. So 100 feet up, we had already made a few moves that I was like, I can't undo that. <laughs> I can't reverse that move. And so now, literally, the only way to get out of this predicament is to go up. Is to find new ways as I'm going up, which is a scary place to be. That you don't have the, hey, let's just call it quits option. I remember this one uh, this one section of the cliff. It was up there, man. It was probably at around the 600-foot level, 700-foot level. And I'm... There's a gap in the rock that goes down for death amount of <laughs> amount of space. Uh, who knows exactly, but you're not making it. A gap, and then on the other side was the ledge, and you kind of had to like put your stomach up against the wall, lean over and do a hop over the gap to kind of wedge your foot into this area, and then reach around and grab this rock section to hold you there. And I'm just like, I here, this is it, man. This, this is, this could be it. And it was terrifying. And I sat there for like five minutes trying to get the courage up. And then I'd almost go and I'd hyperventilate. I was like, I can't do this. And then, so at one point I just said, all right, you got to tried to flush it from my mind and just said, go for it. And I went to grab that thing, grabbed it, my hand slipped, and then I grabbed it and pulled myself to the cliff, and I was just sweating from every pore on my body. So we get to the very top, and we just gave it the eye test from down below, and the way that every other little rock formation was, was there was kind of like a down slope that you could just walk down to safety and go back home and watch Weekend at Bernie's. Well, we get to the top of ours, and there's no downslope. You have to climb down. And so we're a 1,000 feet up, and what we do is we climb down about 200 feet and then realize, oh, nope, it's just an 800-foot drop-off. So then you'd climb back up 200 feet, go to another section, climb down 300 feet. Nope, 700-foot drop-off, climb back up, try again. We did that about eight times, and I am exhausted. We have no water. I can feel myself starting to cramp, and like mentally, I'm starting to go. And I've had full body cramps before to the tune of I had to go to 
in an ambulance. And so I'm kind of freaking out. And I'm like, I can't just keep walking like this. Nobody knows that we're there. It was just so crazy. And so um, we started at around 11 in the afternoon. And we're looking around and we're thinking, dude, it's going to get dark. Like, we're going to get stuck up here. And so Daniel, the guy I'm with, goes, buddy, we got to reverse that path that we took to get up here. And I'm just thinking about that one move that I made on the cliff. I was like, there's absolutely, no, dude, I can't do it. The wind is howling. I was like, bro, I'm, I cannot do that. And so we kind of just were stuck up there on the top of this cliff. Nobody knew when in a longer God orchestrated story, like really, um, one of the guys that we were staying with just happened to quote, get a feeling that we were in trouble and drive down this road, seriously, saw our car and then started looking up and, uh, we just happened to kind of come to the edge of the cliff at that point. Daniel did. I was lying down because I was starting to cramp. He couldn't hear us because we're so high up, but at least he could see that we were up there. So the wind picks up, it starts to get dark, and they have to send a helicopter rescue mission to come get us. So the helicopter comes, it you know takes, I don't know, two hours, um, but it was too windy for the helicopter to land. So the helicopter circles and then leaves we're going through just emotional roller coaster trying to figure out what's going on. We can't hear anything that they're saying to us down there, but at least they know uh, that we're up there. Oh, by the way, side note, who else is on this trip is my wife down there pregnant with, with Gage, our oldest. Yeah, I slept on the couch for about four weeks after this. So after the helicopter goes away, then... They have to get a rescue team. Um, the helicopter, we found out, donates an hour free <laughs> for rescues. So we didn't have to pay for that. And this is a total volunteer team. So they send this rescue team up there. By this time, it's about 1 a.m., 2 a.m., something like that in the morning. And um, they make it all the way up. They get to me. I can't even move because my body's cramping and I'm just assuming they're going to, I don't know what I was assuming, but the guy goes, Hey dude, we got to give you some energy because you're going to have to climb out of here. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? So they start just shoving saltines in my face and those weird, uh, Gatorade gummies. And so as I'm starting to get more and more energy, they're like, hey, did you guys come up the uh, the east or the, the west? And we're like, oh, we came up the north side. And they go, oh, where are your ropes? And we're like, yeah, about that. <laughs> so, so they finally get us revitalized and we're starting to climb down. And uh, this one guy who was on the this rescue mission, it was his first time to go on a rescue, but his dad had done it for years. Well, we're all on this trail going and it's, you know, it's not a trail. Like we're just, it's on a cliff and he tries to duck under this area and his pack catches on a rock and he falls. I am not making this up, falls off the cliff 
and we all see him. And I thought, that guy just died because of me. We look over, and he is wide-eyed, sitting or lying on this like diving board-sized rock. All around that rock is 800-foot drop. Like, he would have died had it not been for that rock, and it would have been my fault. And he plays it off like, oh, glad this is here. And I'm like, yeah, totally. And I'm urinating everywhere. So he gets back up, and as we're walking down, I was telling him about that one spot where I had to lodge my foot in. And the guy goes, oh, yeah, um, a month ago, uh, very same situation. Some people were climbing this, and they got stuck on this uh on the climb that you guys did. And at that spot, they decided they couldn't make that move that you did uh, to lodge your foot in. And so they were just stuck there paralyzed and we were climbing up to come rescue them. And this guy, as we were climbing up to come get them, uh, essentially had a mental breakdown, completely freaked out and jumped off of that place and killed himself a month ago. I was like, are you kidding me? I was also like, hey, can we maybe save story time till we get down below here? Thanks for the pick-me-up, pal. But I'm, <laughs> I've got like four pounds of Gatorade gels in me. I'm just trying to make it to the bottom. Goodness, don't become a guidance counselor there, pal. Um, so anyway, we get to the bottom. I go with open arms to my wife, who probably slaps a taste out of my mouth, and um, I maybe no lesson learned. I probably would have tried it again, but how crazy is that story? Uh, leads us into a movie review. There's a movie called Free Solo. If you haven't seen it uh, yet in theaters, you might be out of time. It might have just just gone out of theaters. I hope not, though. Uh, it's probably just around getting pulled from the theater, so try to go see it. you got to see it in theaters. It's called Free Solo, and it's a documentary of this rock climber named Alex Hunold. Uh, man, it's so fascinating. This guy's considered one of the best free solo climbers ever, right? So free solo climbing's climbing with no ropes, and I've actually been following this guy for some time, like years, and have been dying to see this movie. So the movie, it's a documentary, because um, Alex has broken just about every barrier there is in the free solo world. Um, but his movie attempts uh, soloing El Cap, which is 3,500 feet of flat face. We're not talking like grab a rock and pull yourself up. Go see this movie. You won't believe it. It's a feat that so many have said is impossible. Is darn near impossible with ropes and he free solos it. Oh, I'm telling you, man. Don't wear gray to the movie. <laughs> don't wear anything gray because you're going to sweat all over yourself. It is just, I don't know. It's kind of hard to wrap your mind around. And this the poor crew, the film crew, uh, who had been with Alex for a while, dude, they're just, uh, that's a big part of the movie, is that they're in this really weird position because they have this tension of wanting to get a really good shot and make a good movie, and also knowing that at any point, this guy could fall to his death. 
And so they sometimes they set up their shots and they can't even look. They're like looking away. It, it will have you on the edge of your seat, I'm telling you. And uh, for Alex Hunold, what I found just as interesting as the climb and the, the technicality of it all was the guy's mind. Um, very quirky. He's a very quirky guy. He's not great socially. And he has this really weird connection with death. Um, it's not that he wants death, it seems. It's more like like he's really comfortable with the idea of death. He sees it as inevitable. And he has the, you know, you're going to die sometime mentality. Which is really fun for his girlfriend. <laughs> oh man. And that's actually really funny part of the movie is that he is so unfiltered with his relational thoughts and convos and he's the ultimate black or white guy you know I think you kind of have to be with a meticulous sport like rock climbing but his girlfriend would say like you know I just hope you're starting to think differently you know now that we're together I feel like we've been together for long enough that you're kind of do or don't decisions should include me and our future and he goes you know uh was there a question in there <laughs> oh my gosh and i'm like no alex no and i'm also thinking i have definitely said that to Kristen before and this guy is just shining light on how ridiculous that sounds anyway but one thing he said he, it stuck with me uh he talks about fear and he says, humans have something called fear paralysis. Uh, example, right? Physically, fear, fear paralysis that we can probably balance on a curb all day, right? If you needed to, you could just walk on a curb. But if you hike that curb up a thousand feet in the air, our legs lock up and we freak out. That's fear paralysis. Right? So he says, I got to have my body running at 100%. Right? The things I'm doing on the cliff, they, it takes my body working perfectly. If I have fear paralysis, I'm dead. I can't do what I need to do. And not only that, but I, you know, I can't trust my body in these moves. I have to trust my equipment, which is for a free solo or his shoes. Um, I have to trust my my practice, my research, and I have to trust my body to be able to do these moves. And I don't know, that hit me. Talk about picking out a learning lesson. It hit me big time because I am the fear paralysis guy. I don't do a ton of rock climbing, uh, but I am afraid of failure. My biggest fear of failure, I would say, um, it comes in it comes in play to a lot of different things, but I think it's maybe a fear of being perceived as stupid. That's been a thing for a very long time. If I'm gonna speak up or even you know in a conversation or uh, in a group project or uh, in a corporate setting, I usually like to have thought it through enough in my mind to have like some solid wording down you know I don't want to just kind of talk and see what comes of it I I've got my bullet points down I have at least one good attaboy phrase in there so I know I'm not gonna look like an idiot which is actually why I started this podcast because it's a little bit 
of just kind of proving to myself, kind of, or getting over that fear to speak before you have things perfect a little bit. So that was one of the reasons, is kind of accountability to, dude, instead of fear of failure, just face it and go for it. Um, otherwise, I don't know, I'm just terrified that I'll make a mistake and I end up paralyzed. But um, the truth is, is that we have a path and a purpose that is set before us by God where fear renders us, you know, inoperable. We get fear paralysis and we are unable to walk down this path that God has us. Maybe not unable to walk down it, but unable to be just this free, victorious life that God has intended. So what are your, for you listening, what are your biggest fears? What are the things that you find your daily decisions taking into account? Right? What are the things that you avoid because of your fears? What are the paths that you um, reroute or, or the things that, uh, that you make sure that you don't put yourself in a situation because of? Uh, what are the things that you've been ignoring for a long time? What, what are those fears? Um, yeah, anyway, that being perceived as stupid is a big thing for me. Um, and, you know, maybe another fear is the future a little bit. That's why the beginning of a new year for me, yes, it's exciting, but it's scary. Um, the future is, you know, everything from providing for my family to, to living up to my potential, uh, all of that is is scary, right? Those are those are unknowns, and it's very easy to kind of just tiptoe through life uh, because of the question marks of the future instead of feeling like you're kind of running into the future, right? It's more of a you ever seen the Hall of Mirrors? How you're just kind of tiptoeing, assuming you're going to run into something. Think of the difference between a hall of mirrors where you're have your hands out and you're tiptoeing and just like a green meadow where you're you can just run it's wide open you feel free and 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 let go that's the difference between this timid fear paralysis life and a life that's free um so anyway uh that is it's a little bit of inspiration today um i 2019 is here and my my charge for myself I think is to to quit tiptoeing uh, this podcast was was one of those and I have a few other things that I've been avoiding to be honest a few other things that I've been trying to find another way to do because I don't want to look stupid I don't want to fail <laughs> Um, even what we talked about yesterday, beginning to speak things out into existence, there's a certain power to that, um, where, you know what, I may speak something out in 2019 and fail miserably at it. And that's okay. Because I'm going to enter 2020 with a lot of learning, uh, with more wisdom, and with maybe an affirmed courage, knowing that I can take a step into an unknown, um, because it's down a path that God has intentionally created me for. Uh, victory may not look the way that I think, um, but God doesn't set me down a path to abandon me. 
He sets me down a path to give me a life of fulfillment and freedom. And man, I intend to do that in 2019. So I hope that you join me on that, a step towards the things we're afraid of and not away. And um, man, here's to a good year. So thanks for joining me today, and we'll try again tomorrow.